Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Good morning and welcome to Spotlight. Today we have a very special show and I've got two very special guests with me. I'm actually in studio live for the first time since COVID. Right at the beginning of COVID, I moved to Utah. The Voice America studios are down here in Arizona. When I lived down here, I used to come in every week and do the show here in the studio, had the headsets on, had the microphone, got to talk with my uh, my team in person and just really loved it. And uh, what what I do love is that I can do the show remotely wherever I am. But today I'm here in Phoenix, Arizona, in studio with the handsome, devastatingly handsome Gerald Rogers. <laughs> And uh, an amazing Tony Litster. And, uh, I'll take amazing. For, for those of you, Tony's also very handsome. For those of you who don't know, Gerald is my partner in love. He's my partner in business. Uh, Tony's our business partner. And uh, together we create legendaries. So um, we help heart-centered entrepreneurs and people who really have a desire to make a difference in the world be able to reach more people, have a greater impact and income. We're right in the middle of running a program right now, which we call Impact Accelerator for people who are wanting to make that greater impact in the world. And so we thought we would bring some of those tips here to you today on the show. So if you're listening right now, if you feel like you have a message to get out there, if you feel like the world has been calling you or there's people out there and you just have something that you can share with them that will make a difference in your life, if you're feeling like you want to make a greater impact on the world and you want to make a greater in- income doing it, today's show is for you. So uh, before we get started, I just want to give Gerald and Tony a little bit more of an opportunity to introduce themselves. And uh, so we'll start with you, Tony. Tony, what would you like for people to know about you? And if you don't brag well enough, I'm going to jump in there. But what do you want our audience to know know about you? Okay, I'll brag a little. I've been an entrepreneur for 20 plus years. And sometimes it's made millions of dollars. And sometimes it's just been just above not having to have a job. And so, so, you know, there's, I've had like some great successes in some offline businesses and some online businesses. And I've also had some colossal um, belly flops with, <laughs> with other businesses that I've done. And, I, I, you know, I met this guy that had sold this company for $600 million. He invented the arm, like the robotic arm that capped the oil spill out in the Gulf. And I got to spend the day with him. And he goes, he had this heap of, of like metal outside of his shop, like bad ideas that he had tried to shape into things that didn't become things. And he goes, as an entrepreneur, you only have to be right 51% of the time and people think you're a freaking genius. <laughs> so I think the thing I want to say is there's a, the real path of creation is super messy and then it gets beautiful and polished like at the final moment when, when whatever it is we're creating you know, gets its attention. And if we get okay with the mess, then we can have a lot more fun in this process of creation. Mm, I love that. So what you're saying, Tony, is you have a, a lot of experience over the past couple of decades in being really messy in business. Right? Messy and, and bringing <laughs> the fun back in dysfunctional. Uh, <laughs> bringing the fun back in dysfunctional. I have a feeling we're going to have a really fun show today. <laughs> this is awesome. I, I love that so much. All right, Gerald, what do you want people to know about you? Boy, after that introduction by Tony, I think I've failed more than Tony. I uh <laughs> I, think, I think if we're bragging about failures, like it's uh, I don't know if I've I've succeeded over fifty one percent. I feel like 
every once in a while. Like, Talking I, to the microphone. Every once in a while, I just knock it out of the park. Um, but here's what I'm passionate about. I am passionate about this journey of life and exploring how to be the fullest expression of myself. And and I've been blessed uh, through my career to go from being a professional artist that was designing and uh, creating artwork to being a, uh, a professional real estate investor. And that all led me into realizing that what I really wanted to do was to just change lives and, and to speak. And so for the last decade, I've been blessed to lead events. We've led over 130 plus events, workshops, retreats around the world, been able to be on the Today Show and uh, have a best-selling book. And, and most importantly, meet this beautiful goddess named Allison and, and be able to co-create with Tony and Allison this amazing experience we call Legendary. I'm totally blushing right now. Thank you so much. Uh, it's okay if we play patty cakes under the table here. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear me giggling a little bit, you know what's going on. Um, so what what I think is really important too, and in my experience over the past decade, you know, I've been an entrepreneur since I was in my late 20s. I've had five businesses. Um, I've done everything from businesses in health and holistic healing to helping speakers on stages to running a publishing company. And, and it all has the same purpose. It's all helping people be able to make a greater impact on the world and stepping into the best versions of themselves. And what I really want to point out, and I want to do this right from the very beginning of the show, is we're going to talk today about how you can make a greater impact, how you can increase your audience. We're going to talk today about how you can make more money, how you can have a greater income. But there's a second part that is really important when we talk about creating a greater impact and having a greater income. It's so that we can live a fulfilled and happy life. And that's a really important part of it because there's two parts to success. We learned this from Tony Robbins. The first part is achievement. It's accomplishing something. It's doing something big. It's creating a business. It's creating the income. It's creating the splash and the wave and the impact. But the second is fulfillment. And if you aren't aligned with your purpose, if you're doing something where you feel like your business is running your life and you aren't happy, you aren't able to focus on what you want, then you aren't going to have that true success. Success, again, comes from achievement and fulfillment. So we're going to add components of that in today as we talk. But first of all, I just want to first of all, ask you, Tony, what is the biggest thing? You've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs, CEOs, um, people who have done businesses, a lot of heart-centered entrepreneurs. What is the biggest block that prevents people from making the impact and income that they want to make? Yeah, it's interesting. I spent, I added it up. It's over 11,000 hours one-on-one, uh, mostly on the phone with business owners and entrepreneurs. And um, I think that there is this inner thing that, that the entrepreneur spirit has that will get us to a certain point of success. So most people that are driven to go out and make an impact have a little part of ourselves that doesn't feel like we're quite enough. And that's this, this, like, this inner thing of like, oh, I want my life to make a difference. I want to make an impact. I want to get money or I want to get stuff or I want to get recognition or status or you know, any, any of the things, the attention or significance, any of that stuff. And that, that will drive us to a certain point and then it will plateau. And, and so in order to get to the other side of it, we can make a bunch of money, we can make a big splash, we can do things, but if we don't learn how to then transition past that sort of like wound that gets us successful, we don't get to the satisfaction piece. Because we can accumulate and we can get the recognition and we can get, you know, hit the markers, but if we haven't, if we haven't done our inner work, then, then it's, it's, it's kind of a hollow game. 
Yeah, can you explain that a little bit more? What do you mean by inner work? Because I think this is really important. I think for me anyway, in my life, there have been times where I thought, well, if only I achieved this, then I'll be happy. If only I get to this status or point in my life, then everything that I've ever dreamed of will be there and come true. And what was interesting is, you know, I went from a reach of 2,000 people a month to 2 million people per month in just nine short months. And at the end of that nine months, I think I felt more unfulfilled just because of some things that were going on in my life, some personal things I hadn't taken care of than I did ever before. So can you address that a little bit? So, yeah, I mean, I think about, you know, I went from cleaning a bar when I kind of started my entrepreneurial career so that I could spend my days building my business and uh, eventually got to this point where I, you know, I had some goals as far as um, I wanted to live in a certain kind of house and I wanted to live you know, to drive a certain car, and I, I wanted to be a public speaker, and I had this financial goal. And, and over this period of about a year, I really got in alignment with those goals. And this one day, I found myself walking through my yard of the house that was this dream, and the car was in the driveway, and I had spoken in four cities that month. Our business made $130,000 that month. I'd traveled to these different places in the world. It was all these external things that were these, these achievement pieces that I wanted. And then I got super depressed. And I was ashamed. I couldn't even say it out loud because I, I, I'm like, what the hell's wrong with me? If I'm, I have all this stuff, I, I think all these things are successful. Like, what's wrong? And so I think that the inner work becomes our identity piece within the work that we're doing. That there's this driver in us um, that, that we've got to get to this place where we shift how we relate to ourselves. That the story that says, I'm not enough. I haven't done enough. I'm, you know, look the right way. I'm, uh, you know, all the different reasons why we think we might not be enough, that we have to challenge that and do work to shift those, those um, broken identity beliefs in order to really make the impact that we want to make. And so it's a part of this, you know, is learning strategy, but a big part of this game, I think, is really learning how to love yourself in the mess. That's why I sort of started this saying, it's going to be a mess. It's never not going to be a mess. And how do you love yourself? How do you, you give yourself uh, a certain amount of grace of being human along the way? Mm, thank you so much. I love that. Gerald, what's, what's your take on that? What do you think is the biggest block, the biggest thing that's really stopping people from, from getting the impact and the income that they want and live a life fulfilled? The biggest thing, I, I kind of feel like there's only one thing. You know, we all have this perception of who we are that gets in the way of what we want to achieve, right? It's, it's this uh, identity that we live with. Uh, Tony Robbins talks about it this way. The most powerful need of a human is to stay consistent with our identity. And I want you to think about what that means as, as we are wanting to create something different than we've had in the past. Um, Joe Dispenza also talks about this. It's like most people are creating from their their past present reality what that means is we're creating from memory we're creating from this residue of who we've been in the past and and to create something different from who we've been is impossible we can only create more of what we've had and yet here we are as entrepreneurs creators as personal growth seekers like seeing these dreams of 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 what we want to achieve and the legacy we want to have in the world and we keep confronting this barrier of our own identity, which is our comfort zone, you know, and, and we, we, for the most part, people um, aren't conditioned to, to operate outside of what, what they know. And so um, I think, I think for 
people that are like really committed to increasing their impact, increasing their income, increasing the the level at which they live in their life, we have to, I guess, addict ourselves to being uncomfortable, be comfortable and being uncomfortable and being uncomfortable, being willing to do things we've never done before and start creating from a future imagined reality rather than a remembered past reality. Mm. Can you give an example of where that showed up for you in your life? Because I know you had a story kind of similar to me where you uh, actually, after your divorce, you wrote a blog post or a Facebook post that went viral, got millions and millions of views. You were invited to be on the Today Show, which led to your best-selling book. I mean, this was something that you hadn't even anticipated or expected. It kind of happened overnight to you. So when was that moment when you had to confront that identity crisis? And what did you do to push your comfort zone? Well, here's the gift in when our world falls apart. And, and just I, I want everyone to tune into when has have you gone through your dark night of the soul where you recognize who you've been is no longer an option for where you want to go. And for me, divorce was one of those unexpected and anticipated gifts where I had to reinvent my identity. I had to let go of those parts of me that were afraid of sharing my message or were afraid of shining. And, and for whatever reason, that process helped me release um, this past version of me that was so insecure and so afraid of being judged and so afraid of not being liked. And I spent most of my life with this deep fear of rejection. And in that fear of rejection, I just wanted everyone to like me. So I would only, you know, I, I would be very careful about what I said and I'd be, you know, very... Um, I was very reserved and I wore a mask and I was very inauthentic because of that. Like a COVID mask? Yeah, kind of like that, but totally different. <laughs> um, but, but, but like we wear a COVID mask to protect ourselves. We, we wear this identity mask so that people don't get in to, you know, hurt our souls because like if we, we believe if we can keep them out or, or project this image to them, then then we're safe. I just had to poke fun at you a little bit because now when people say mask, it's like this whole different meaning, I think, mask, yeah. like COVID mask. But yeah, I get what you're saying with the identity. And, 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 and I think that something that's really important to realize is if you want to become an influencer, if you want to make a great impact on the world, you're going to have a lot of people watching you. You're going to have a lot of eyeballs on you and not everybody's going to like you. And you have to learn how to be okay with that and be so in alignment with your purpose that it doesn't matter what the outside world thinks. It was interesting. Uh, Gerald and I, we were struggling with sleeping. This was a few months ago. We both woke up randomly at 3.30 in the morning, and our friend had just recommended that we watch a show. And it was the show on Netflix called Cosmos. And um, and so we turn it on. It's 3.30 in the morning, and they're talking about a gentleman named Bruno. So Bruno lived centuries ago. It was before the telescopes were developed, and he had this vision or this idea that the Earth was round instead of flat. And he was so convinced that his vision was true, that this was real, that this was something that he had channeled through, it, it downloaded this inspiration, that he went around. He was so excited to tell everybody, the world's not flat, it's round. But what happened was, because 
his thinking was so outside of the box, people had all this resistance against it. And, uh, and even these leaders of countries and these leaders of churches started paying attention because they thought, that, well, who, who is this guy to tell people that the world's round? It's obviously flat. And eventually, he was killed. He was killed because he believed so much that the world was round. And less than 10 years later, Galileo, I think it was Galileo, developed the first telescope, and they actually discovered that the world was round. But but in that, watching that, I thought, wow, this guy had such belief in what he was teaching. He believed it so fully and was so aligned with his purpose that to him, to Bruno, it didn't matter what anybody else thought. And I think in order to really be a good influencer, to make an impact on the world, if we have something that we believe in and we're so aligned with our purpose, we have to be so aligned with it and believe it enough that even if other people don't, we are secure in that belief. We are centered in that belief, and it's that important to us. If you look at some of the great influencers, that's what had to happen. And they they couldn't wear that mask. They couldn't try and please everybody because otherwise they wouldn't be the great influencers that they were. So I appreciate you bringing that up. So we've just got about a minute until break, but um, really appreciate what we've talked about so far. I love what Tony said about really to make the impact and the income you desire. You have to learn how to love yourself. You have to get over those things that are causing you uh, to not love yourself. I love what Gerald said about taking off your mask, embracing your identity, figuring out who you are. And when we come back from break, we're going to get into some specific tangible tips and tools that you can use in your business as an entrepreneur in being able to have a greater impact and being able to make a greater income. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guaranteed, it will be the best hour of your week. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Zofia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Zofia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back. And for those of you who are just joining us today on Spotlight, 
we are talking about how to create a greater impact and income, doing what you love and living a happier life. So uh, for those of you who feel called to make a difference in the world, who have felt like you just have a message to share, you want to make a greater impact, um, maybe you see the craziness of the world with COVID and all the politics that are going on, and you just feel like you need to make a difference, this show is for you. For those of you who are business owners and want to make a greater income and greater impact, we're going to talk about some tangible tips right now. So um, let's dive right into it. Let's talk impact first. So first of all, for those of you that are listening, I want you to just take note, and you can listen to last week's show too, because last week we really dove into doing some of the work of this, but what is the what is the reach that you have now? If you were to add up your Facebook followers, if you were to add up your Instagram followers, other social media followers, if you were to look at your email list, how many people are actually following you? How many people do you reach with your with your message and how many people do you want to reach? So let's talk about how you can have a greater impact, how you can reach more people. Uh, Gerald, what's your number one tip for anybody who's wanting to make a greater impact, who's wanting to grow their audience? Number one tip is... Stop focusing on the numbers and start focusing on the individual. Just remember, like, if you want to grow, but, like, people are like, oh, my gosh, I want to have YouTube following. I want to have half a million subscribers or I want to, you know, have tens of thousands of people following me on Facebook or, or on, on Clubhouse. Just remember that influence begins with one person. And when you can really, really tune in and care about that one person, then there's going to be lots of people that benefit. But if you can't care about the one why would tens of thousands of people want to listen to you? So get get really tuned into who is it that you are committed to serving and, and speak to the one. Yeah, I really like that. I want to piggyback on that a little bit because something I realized a while ago, I was trying to debate on whether to post something on Facebook or not. Do I post this? Do I not post it? What if I offend people? You kind of gets getting into the people-pleasing thing that you talked about before. What are people going to think about this post? And and so I really just took time to to get centered. I closed my eyes and I said, what do I want? Who am I posting for? And the clear message that I got downloaded into my brain was, Allison, you're posting to the past version of yourself. Is this something that you would have needed to hear five years ago or 10 years ago? And with this particular post, it was about um, feeling beautiful as a woman. And five, six, seven years ago, I was struggling with body image issues. I was struggling to feel beautiful. I, you know, had t- at times in my life, even 10 years ago, I'd struggle with um, some eating issues because I was so... Um, felt so out of control and wanted to just control one component of my life. And I decided, yeah, this post is something that this past version of me would need to hear. So for me, I'm going to piggyback on that a little bit because, yes, it's about the one person, but oftentimes that one person is your past self. We've talked a lot about the past and the future so far, but speak to that past version of yourself. And if you're wanting to make an impact on the world, think about it like life is this highway, right? And we're all trying to reach this final destination, this destination of happiness and peace and fulfillment. And along this highway, there's going to be cars that are further ahead of you and cars that are further behind you. And your job is to look at the people ahead of you and say, what's the easiest road, right? How do I get there? That's why we hire mentors and coaches. And then fulfillment comes when we pass along that knowledge, the things that we've learned to the people behind us to make their path or their ride on that road to fulfillment and happiness a little bit better, a little bit easier, and a little bit happier. And so I look at that as sometimes when I'm posting, I'm just posting to that past version of myself, that version that's a little bit further uh, 
passed down the road than I where I used to be. And um, and then all those people that are in that area will will get the benefit too of that wisdom that I have to share. So um, I love that tip. Make it about the one person. Tony, what would you say when it comes to making a greater impact? What would your tip be? Two things. One, decide what is the the nanya part of your life. Nanya I mean that's that's uh, short for none in your business. <laughs> Just decide, like carve out a part of your life. It's not for anybody. It's yours. And I think that's important in this world of sharing. What do we share? What do we not share? And then the other side is getting more real with your path. I had this experience. Uh, we were putting on this event in Las Vegas, and we had some of the top speakers in the world. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk was there, and Ty Lopez was there, and some like really you know, the top the top people in the industry. There we had one of the the guys from Shark Tank was there at this event that I helped to put on. And I showed up at the meet and greet in this room full of people who had done a lot of significant things in their life. And that story inside me kicked in, and it was like, oh, what do I have to offer here? And there's this challenge that all of us run into, no matter what level we're at, of some version of our story that keeps us from, from going forward. But when we can look at ourselves and say, how can I be a unique resource how can I be a unique resource to these people in the room? I'm not going to show up in the room. You know, we're, I was hanging out with Ty Lopez, and he had a hundred million views of his of his YouTube videos. So I wasn't going to go in there and be like, "Well, let me show you how to do your YouTube videos, Ty," or, or you know, some of the other people in there had sold big companies, you know, for tens of millions of dollars. I wasn't going to show them how to sell their company, but I but I was able to to, to step out of the story of where I don't measure up or where I'm not as successful or whatever, and say, "What do I have that I could bring?" that could be valued to these other human beings. And when I walked in with that energy and that intention, I ended up, you know, it went on for probably four hours then until the wee hours of the morning. And I got to have these incredibly deep conversations of what was real, like this real part of life, the real struggle of the entrepreneur, the real behind the scenes of being human and being successful but not being satisfied. And it was magnificent, but it began with me Deciding how can I be a unique resource to these people and not comparing myself to them and discounting myself saying I have nothing to offer. Mm, that's really interesting. You know, that brings uh, to mind a, a, an experience that I had the other day. I was actually featured on Clubhouse. For those of you who know what Clubhouse is, it's this brand new app, really hot right now, all audio. And I was invited to be a guest speaker on a Clubhouse uh, meeting that was going on. It was all about publishing. Now, I did found a publishing company. I founded Speaker House Publishing. I have a book that's been published. But my my publishing company, quite honestly, was white labeled. So I just founded the company. I started it. And then I gave every, all of the work to somebody else. I didn't really do any of the publishing. And on this, on this show were two big publishers, one who has helped over 100 people get New York Times and USA Today bestsellers. There was another gentleman on there who's published dozens and dozens of books, some for celebrities. And then there, there was me. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to offer to this? I don't, I, I'm not an expert in the things that they're experts in. And people would ask questions. And, and you know, this uh, New York Times bestselling book coach and author would go on about how to get your book into Barnes and Noble and all the logistics. And these are things that I didn't know. But when it came for my turn, the 
somebody asked me a question, I said, well, what do I know? Well, what I do know is that writing a book's really hard. And so I shared some tips. I said, well, if you're wanting to write a book, and there were a lot of people on there that were, I said, you're going to experience a lot of emotions. And there's going to be a lot of things that come up, and it's probably going to be or is harder than you think. And it's really important that you have an accountability team in place, that you know what, how you work best. Is it that you have a, a group that you're writing this book with? Is it that you're writing individually? And I just gave the information that I did know. And I was so surprised to hear the feedback and people like, oh, we want to know more. We want to hear more from you. And I thought, wow, I do have something to offer. So I love I love what you're saying in approaching a situation and saying, okay, if I'm in a situation what can I lend or what can I offer people? How can I help them? And and quite frankly, I keep waiting for this to go away, this feeling of like, oh, I'm arrived. Now I'm good enough in any room that I'm in. I'm going to be the expert. And then I never feel that way. I always have these moments where I'm like, what do I really have to offer? Who am I? Oh my gosh, what do these people think of me? And I have these freak out moments. But the difference between the past version of me that wasn't successful in creating an impact and the, the present version of me that is, is that I know that those aren't truth, that those are just lies that are in my head, that that's a normal way for me to feel. And I know how to calm those voices and I have the techniques and tools to be able to say, okay, I can share my message anyway. My message is important enough. I'm good enough. I can share it. So um, thank you for sharing that, Tony. Uh, and any other thoughts on impact? I want to hear, I, I kind of want to hear a funny story. Hmm. Who's got a funny story? I'm, I'm like, not, I'm I, gonna, feel, I'm, I feel like it's time to laugh. What's a funny impact story that you have? I know I I've heard some to Tony when I want to laugh. You know, it's, <laughs> it, it's uh, you have to be willing to get embarrassed. You do. Like, like you have to be willing to, to just stumble and fall and do something ridiculous. Um, we were laughing about this. I, I, one of my mentors was Les Brown. And, you know, so many of us know who he is. And I used to, when I cleaned this bar, I used to listen to Les Brown, you know, this story about, I believe, and I had this, I, I memorized this this quote, or this poem at the end of Les Brown's um, presentation. And I would recite it to myself. And I decided someday I'm going to meet Les Brown. And I had it all like mapped out in my head how I was going to, I was going to like, see him and I was going to start reciting this poem the way that he did the poem and, and he was going to laugh and, and, and Gerald Nelson ended up bringing Les Brown to the legendary trainings and I get to have this experience with him but I was so I was like so excited to be in front of my mentor and, and it doesn't happen to me I don't get the like the you know the little jigglies very often you know just don't but I had that and, and Gerald's like Tony tell a story and I had this one story I've told it like a hundred times at our events it's this really funny story about about I, you know, I, I'm goosing the copy machine repairman. Like I, I, you know, I thought it was my cousin, and I'm in the supply closet, and I goose him, and I think, it, you know, it's this, this really embarrassing moment. I just can't tell an abbreviated version of that story. It just doesn't make. It doesn't sense. do it. But I, but I, I did this, and I'm trying to make Les Brown laugh. And I told the story like I just told their words. Like, well, that, that kind of it's just kind of weird when it's told wrong. When it's told right, it's one of the funniest stories ever. Maybe if there's a moment, I'll tell at the end. But, but I got to have uh, Les Brown didn't get it, and it was so awkward, and it was like terribly, painfully <laughs> awkward. And I can see Gerald's face on the screen, and Gerald's like rubbing his head. He's like, he he killed it. He he fumbled. Like he dropped the ball. I, I I killed the story that I've told so many times perfectly, and made everybody laugh their heads off and fall off their chairs laughing. 
And I just like Les Brown was just like, oh, that's weird, man. And Gerald's just like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I, was, I felt horrible inside. And I was like, oh, I had this shame moment. It, and, and then I got to laugh about it. Yeah. We were like laughing well, about it last night. Hey, remember that one time when I told <laughs> Totally screwed gosh. it up in front of Les Brown. Well, well, and this is so true. And Gerald, I want you to tell your TV story in a minute. But, but you, this is such a good point. In order to be willing to make an impact, you have to push your comfort zone. There's going to be times that you fail. There's going to be times that things don't go right. Here's my embarrassing story. So, uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, I was asked to MC and host Secret Knock for Women. It was this big event in Southern California. Women had come in from all over. Uh, my friend Shannon Parsons was in charge of. It. I was so excited to be there. I had uh, been in, it was the day after Halloween. I had been in Salt Lake with Gerald and we'd gone to this Halloween party. We'd been up super late. I had a super early flight in the morning. I mean, it was one of those flights where literally I was doing my makeup in the car, like the taxi drivers pulling up, they're texting me, you're on stage in five minutes. And so I was like hustling to get ready. I go in, it's at this big theater. I go up on stage, I'm doing my thing. I'm just killing it. I'm feeling so good about things, feel good about the whole event. I get done. And a couple of days later, we get the professional photos back from the event. And there's one, like the photographer's behind me, and I'm standing on stage, and you see all these people out in front of me, and my arms are outstretched. And I realized my dress is tucked into my underwear oh. in like a super awkward way. Like it wasn't showing anything, but you could totally tell. I've got this like part of my dress tucked into my underwear. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, nobody said anything. And there were all these people there. And I just, you know, it was the moment where I'm like, I could default into that. Oh, my gosh, I'm such a dork. I can't even dress myself. How did this happen? What did people think? Or I could choose to laugh about it. So I choose chose to laugh about it. I actually took the picture. I, I edited it so you could, I highlighted, circle and highlight where my dress was tucked into my underwear and I posted on Facebook so the whole world could see, laughed at myself and they could laugh along with me. So that's important. When you're making impact, you're going to mess up, laugh at yourself. Gerald, will you tell your TV story? Because this, this is one of my There's, there's so many moments in doing events on stage where I would show you up. Have a better and, one. And uh, and I'd have like my zipper down as I'm standing in front of the audience, or I'd have, leave my microphone on when I'm going to the bathroom or something. But there was this one moment where I was uh, training this this audience, and I thought I would do this like cool object lesson of demonstrating how the more you watch TV, the less income you make. So I called the TV the electronic income reducer is what I called the TV. And so I brought up this, like I went to the thrift store, bought this old like tube TV and uh, I was using it. I was writing on it and just writing all these stats of, of income and TV uh, viewership and just showing the, the graph and everything. And I'm However, like, however people that listen to radio and podcasts and Facebook lives, the stats are that they're much smarter. smarter. They actually, more, more no, people that listen to podcasts <laughs> statistically make more money. This is true. Okay. This is true. Yeah. So don't don't stop listening because of this story. (laughs) Back to your TV story. (laughs) So here I was in front of this audience and I was like super excited to drive this point home. And I hadn't told my team what I was going to do because I wanted to be a surprise because in my mind, and this is how it always works, in my mind, it was a good idea. (laughs) And so I'm like, so what do we do with the income reducing TV and I pulled out this aluminum bat and I said we destroy <laughs> I took this 
big swing with the bat to hit this TV and like if the TV didn't dent at all. And the, the aluminum bat just like, I'm like, and I kept trying to hit the stupid TV harder and harder. And like, like not even a scratch on the glass, not even a tiny scratch, no matter how hard I hit it. Like there was, there was no evidence of it. And, and it just made me, and I, I just know felt this awkward tension from the audience is like what's he doing I'm like, <laughs> and I got more and more committed to like breaking this TV and I'm keep hitting it but it's my the bat isn't doing anything to the TV and then um and then finally I just give up and uh, I, I look back my my event manager Chevy's in the back he's got his eyes dropped he's like because <gasps> apparently what no one told me was that if you break those TVs they, they're filled with gas and they'll blow up <laughs> um, but needless to say I wasn't able to break it but I put the bat down and my hand was like oh and I realized I had broken my finger <laughs> as I'm in front of this audience and so the whole audience is like looking at me with this awkward stare it's just like because I had just like been in full rage mode <laughs> against this TV that would not bend to my my anger and um, but I bet you look super handsome and strong trying to break it I, I don't know I, I probably look like an angry little boy like beating anyways um, I, I, I'm in like super big pain but the embarrassment was bigger than the pain and then I turned to the audience and said alright so we're going to break we'll see you back in 15 minutes and I got off the stage I went back to the my team members like ah he, he had to rush me to the emergency room to take oh care gosh. of my broken finger well and you know that is that's so funny and Here's why we're sharing these stories with you. I mean, it's funny and painful, but here's why we're sharing these with you. What I really want you to hear is in order to make a greater impact, you have to, like Gerald said, talk to that past version of yourself. And you have to be able to just get past those fears, push your comfort zone, and learn to laugh at yourself. Because the truth is, the only person that's holding you back from having the impact that you want is yourself. There's something inside of you that's causing you to hold back because the truth is, is that that audience is already waiting for you. Those people are already out there. The reach that you want already exists. There's just a reason why you aren't stepping into it. So really just learn to laugh at yourself. Push your comfort zone. Learn to laugh at yourself. Some of the things that I did when I was first getting started was um, I did a cartwheel in the grocery store one time. I remember I was so nervous. And then I did this cartwheel in the grocery store. Somebody was going to see me. I had to make sure nobody was around. I did I did some dancing you know, in different stores. Just things that push my comfort zone. Now they don't seem like a big deal to me, but then they did. When we get back from break, uh, we're going to talk more about how to make a greater income. Now that we've talked about how to make a greater impact. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. On break, we were just practicing our uh, singing and jam moves in here. So I'm sure we have way more fun on the breaks. Getting our uh, yeah, our getting, the, getting the wiggles out. Yeah, we just need to we just need to have fun. The whole Allison, show. if I'm I can say fun. this real quick, if I can jump in, I think say it's it, so Tony. important for us to do things that make us feel uncomfortable. Yeah. As a way of learning how to make a greater impact, like find things that make yes. us feel like I purposely took the challenge of of doing a presentation with my zipper down. And the deal was I couldn't put it back up unless someone (laughs) actually in the audience was like, hey, hey, they had to say something. Another one was like to to run, uh, to to go in the bathroom and let toilet paper go all the way down my pant leg and then come out the back of my pant leg and then go and do the presentation with toilet paper coming out. (laughs) This like super awkward thing or like Tim Ferriss would talk about like laying down out in public somewhere, just go like go, go to a sidewalk and just lay down. And I remember the first time when I was thinking about doing this, I was in London and I was alone and I was reading the book there and there was all these people walking around, you know, and, and wherever it was and was so scary. I'm like, I'm in a foreign country. No one knows me. Like, why is this scary to go and lay down for 30 seconds? And finally, after like an hour of trying to get myself to do it, I did it. And somebody walked up and like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, just resting. And they're like, okay. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's, I think it's kind of the same principle of like, why do you walk on fire at Tony Robbins events or some of the things we do at our events? I know we do the, the ice bath challenge for our path to power. And, and, and here's the principle. It's so you know you can do it. Yeah. And once you tell yourself and train your brain to be able to do uncomfortable things, then when you run up against the resistance, when you run up against something that feels uncomfortable in a positive way, like you know that you can do it. Like once I walked on fire, Tony, I was so nervous to walk on the fire. And once I did it, I'm like, man, I walked on fire. I can do anything. Like it just doesn't seem that hard anymore. But um, yeah, it's, I agree with you 100% on the impact. So Gerald, I want to ask you, how do you get rich? What's the How what's the secret? <laughs> what's the secret to a greater income? Because here's here's the truth. I see a lot of people that have really good messages, have really good hearts, and they just want to reach people. They want to do good things, and they just are broke. So, how do you make an income with sharing your message with the world, with doing what you love to do? And the reason why I'm asking you 
is uh, Gerald's been such a great teacher of this for me. I literally wake up every day and Gerald and Tony and I run a, a, a program called Legendary, a company called Legendary. Every single day I get to wake up and I'm like, I cannot believe this is my life. I literally have traveled to Dominican Republic, Costa Rica, Mexico in the past few months. Um, this is, I get paid to do it. I like wake up and I'm like, wow, we're in this beautiful place and I'm making money doing it. We're changing people's lives and making money doing it. I get to work with the coolest people on the planet. Like this, how do you, how do you learn how to make an income doing what you love? What's the secret to that? What's your tip? So I think we should simplify it down to its most essential components. Do it. And I love this definition of being an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is someone who solves problems for other people at a profit. That's it. Right? And what I believe is if we want to make more money, then all we need to do is focusing on solving more problems. And then at the profit, it's an important thing. You can't just be giving your services away all the time. Have something that is of so much value that people want to pay for it. And so just be be curious. How do you take your gifts? How do you take your talents? How do you take your passions? How do you th- take those things that, that you've worked hard to develop as skills? And how do you translate it in, in, into a meaningful solution in someone else's life? And then how do you find more people that need that solution? And how do you present yourself as the expert in and actually being able to provide that. That's that's as complicated as we need to make business. And then from there, there's all the different details of, okay, how do you market yourself? What mediums, what platforms? How are you going to share your message? How do you actually take people through the enrollment conversation? But at the end of the day, it's just like find someone to help and create something that is of value to them. Well, I think it's really important to, to make sure that it's something that you love to do. Um, I think that either your business can run your life or your lifestyle can be tailored to your business. So either you can tailor your business to your lifestyle or your lifestyle to your business. And I think so often when it comes to entrepreneurs or when it comes to those of us who are wanting to make a difference in the world, coaches and mentors, we look at other people that are doing things and we think, well, they're successful. I need to do what they do. But we don't really check in if that's something that we love to do. Like, I love Tony Robbins. He's amazing. I've been to several of his events. He's a great, you know, person. He is super successful. He's making millions, if not billions of dollars. But I'll tell you what, I do not want to be on stage for 14 hours a day. I do not want to live my life the hours that he lives his life. So I can look at him. I can say he's successful. Uh, I can take the things away from his business model that I love to do and then leave the things that I don't. Sometimes I look at coaches that love to do one-on-one coaching and they fill their entire day. My mentor, my coach fills his entire day doing one-on-one coaching. And he coaches with some amazing people, presidential candidates, uh, famous sports stars. And he just loves that for me to fill up my entire day doing one-on-ones. I mean, shoot me in the head. Like I'll do, I love doing one-on-ones occasionally with my high-end clients, but I, what I love doing is radio shows and TV shows and, and getting on stage in front of groups of people and doing Zoom events where I I can share my message one time and it reaches a lot of people. So I think it's important, too, that we simplify down to what problem we solve, but in what way do we love doing that, too? Because um, because otherwise you're going to burn out. And, um, and yes, you may be making money, but you won't like what you're doing. You'll be a slave 
to what you've created. So, Tony, what do you think about this? I think that there's this. Um, we got to we got to identify who can afford us and serve those people. The, my grandpa used to say that it's easier to get $1,000 from someone who has it than $10 from someone who doesn't. And so sometimes we're trying to help people that can't afford to pay for that help. And, and I think we have to distinguish, is this, a, is this a charity or is this a business? And then starting to serve people who can actually really pay us for that and get good at trading and get good at having that. And Gerald talked about the enrollment conversation. Like there's some skills that we, if we don't develop that skill, then I don't think we're going to make a good income at this business, mm. you know, as far as like the making yeah. an impact. Oh man, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say to me, well, I want to work with people who have deep money block issues. And I'm like, well, good luck getting them to pay you for that. <laughs> but, you know, go for it. <laughs> and so, you know, in that situation, I've encouraged somebody to develop a program or maybe put out some YouTube videos, but don't make that your target market because those people aren't going to pay you. Or somebody said, ah, oh, I really want to work with, you know, struggling um, people who are on welfare. I mean, okay, great. Build a charity program to do that, but but make your money somewhere else, you know, with people who could actually afford to pay you. And it doesn't mean you don't do those other things. I want to be really clear. If you're passionate about doing yeah. them, do them, but find a way to get a sustainable income so that you can create that as your charity or your hobby. And I, and I think we, we need to step out of the illusion of this, The you know, if, if we build it, they will come model, right? Yeah, they, we all yeah. watch Field of Dreams, and oh the, gosh, so if true. you build it, then the imaginary baseball players are going to come and actually play baseball. That's just imaginary. Like, that's the same thing in this in this business. If we want to make an income at it, there are certain skills that you absolutely, they're mandatory. You have to become really, really good at certain things, and most people aren't naturally good at those things. And so it's a skill development process, like learning a new language. But once you can speak that language, then you can create all kinds of you know variations of what what kind of impact feels good to you. So can we can we I don't want to hijack this but can we each say what like what we think is the number one skill or the top skills that that we have to learn? Yes, I give you permission, yes. Tony. I really wanted to what go there. What is your number one skill that you would suggest? Bum, 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 bum. I think at the end of the day if you get really good at the enrollment conversation then you could suck at everything else and still make a living. Enrollment conversation. Sales. Sales conversation. And I would say it's a step before the enrollment conversation, which is marketing your ability to engage people and get them interested to sit down for the enrollment conversations because if you can get enough people to sit down with you, even if you suck at the enrollment conversation, you'll still be making money. But if you become good at both, then you're going to make a lot of money. Heck yes, you will. And here's my tip. Do your money map. For those of you who want to know what the money map is, just listen to last week's show. Um, you can find that on Voice America. It, I'm on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. But last week's show went over this money map, and that's where you decide how much money do you want to make per month, and then you work backwards from there. You decide how much money do I want to make, what do I want to do, and I walk you through the whole process of being able to do that. Because if you aren't clear on where you go, like Tony was talking about this field of dreams, this is such a huge problem that I see in the world of entrepreneurs, especially heart-centered entrepreneurs. It's like, oh, if I just do good for long enough, everything will work out, and someday I'll make money, and I don't want to charge too much, but it's all going to work out. 
maybe, but it's going to work out so much better if you know where you want to go. I will say intention fuels intuition. If you have a clear direction, I mean, GPS needs two points of information to be able to get you to where you're going. It needs to know where you want to go and where you are now. So be really clear about knowing where you are now. Be honest with yourself and then know where you want to go. And then you can create your money map to get there. You can listen to last week's show to get that. And there's one other thing that I think we would be so remiss not to mention on this show with the three of us here because this is crucial. The state in which you vibrate is the state from which you create. So the most important thing when it comes to creating a greater impact or income or living the life that you want to live is to vibrate at a higher state. And Gerald, will you take just a moment to explain the vibrational scale and the state of creation and problems versus the state that you're vibrating in? Yeah, just to state it simply, like we are energetic beings and we're always creating, like we're always magnetizing towards us the things of a like frequency. Um, and so our primary job is just to recognize what emotional state we're in because we'll attract more of those things. So if we're operating as our level three or level four self and we're feeling sad or depressed or exhausted or whatever, then don't be surprised when you experience more and more of those, ex- those things. And it's very hard for us when we're operating at level four to take on a level six challenge. But the moment we tune ourselves in and get ourselves aligned with our level 10 self self, and we are able to experience a state of power and confidence and certainty, that level 10 version of us can easily overcome the sixth problem and accomplish whatever goals we want because we're in that state of joy and love and abundance and creation and, and flow. And so one of the things we do every day Um, with our tribe at legendaryzoom.com at 8.40 a.m. Mountain Time every single day. Go to legendaryzoom.com. We do soul activation, which is a short 15 to 20-minute process to get you aligned with your highest and best self and to teach you how to create from that space of flow and abundance. Yeah, and it's so beautiful. Soul activation is a process that involves body and breath and mindset. It's really, really easy, really simple. Um, We lead you through it with the tribe. So if you're wanting to create greater impact, impact and income, just join us. Totally free. It's uh, legendaryzoom.com. Again, that's 8.40 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can get into your peak state so you can be the level 10 version of yourself. And remember, when you're at a level 10 version, if you're at a level 9 or 10, no problem is going to be bigger than you. You'll be able to figure it out. You'll be able to overcome it. And miracles are inevitable when you align with your purpose. have got about one minute left, but I want to give uh, Tony and Gerald just what's your, what's your final thought here, Tony? Do it. Do it. Like, you're going to stumble. You're not going to have all the answers. That's fine. Do it. It's going to help people, and you're going to get the reward of being able to create that impact and that income. Love it. Gerald? The world is changing faster than it's ever changed before, and the world needs leaders, and you were born to lead. So lead and let your voice be heard. Mm. And my final thought is you're here listening for a reason. So... Decide what that reason is and decide what your action step is moving forward and be the change that you want to see in the world. And hope you join us on Soul Activation tomorrow morning and every morning as that you can. And that's 840 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on LegendaryZoom.com. Until next week, I'm Allison Larson, and you've been listening to Spotlight. Thank you 
for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show. 